Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise mature sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edgenby. to me. 
Deception will determine your impartation. Amen. I want you to add a smile to it. Let the Lord know that you are excited to, to come before him. Amen. You are so tense. I don't know why. <laughs> the Lord has never failed us. Amen. And he will never ever fail us. Amen. Welcome somebody once again to royal service. Hallelujah. Tell the person you are looking very powerful. Wow. Okay, please, let's have me take our seats in the presence of God. You are welcome to KMC, the healthy church. Hallelujah. The healthy church for what? A wholesome life. And we are still in a month of open heavens. Amen. And I must say, I'm enjoying the blessings of God. Hallelujah. It's not just a declaration, but a manifestation as well. Amen. And I want to salute our father, Apostle David. Let's put our hands together for him. Wow. Some of you are sitting. I don't know why. Be on your feet and honor the servant of God. Hallelujah. All right. All right. God bless you. You can take your seats. This morning, I'm, I'm so much assured that your life will be blessed. Hallelujah. In a month of open heavens, the Lord is said to bless your life this morning. Hallelujah. How many of us were blessed by last week's preaching? Hey, some hands are down. If we were blessed by last week's preaching, raise up your hand. All right, God bless you. Now, if I should ask you what was taught, Christ, some of you may not be able to tell me, but you're saying you were blessed. Hallelujah. Let me give you a quick recap of what we learned last week or what was preached last week. We were taught on resisting Satan. Hallelujah. Resisting Satan. Do you remember? And then the man of God made a striking statement that is still with me and will forever be with me. He said that the only language Satan understands is what? Power. So the devil doesn't understand negotiations. He understands power. So if you want the devil to obey you, you have to be a believer full of what? Power. Hallelujah. And then um, he gave us some characteristics of the devil. Hallelujah. Yes, he said that Satan is self-willed. Self-willed. It means he takes decisions on his own. He doesn't consult anybody when he's taking decisions. And he also said that Satan is deceitful. Satan is deceitful. Do you remember? And then he said that Satan is intelligent and subtle. Satan is intelligent and subtle. He said Satan is emotional. Hallelujah. And then he said Satan is powerful, but not almighty. You see, we used to think that Satan is powerless. That's what I used to think. But last week, I got to know that Satan is powerful, but he's not almighty. Hallelujah. And um, today, we are going to have a wonderful time in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Our preaching style is going to take a little twist this morning. Amen. It's going to take another dimension. Today, we are going to have more of um, teaching and then discussion. Hallelujah. If you're excited, put your hands together. So, I want you to relax in the service and enjoy the teachings and the discussion. Can I have Sunny Beat with me upstage? Beat Sonny. <laughs> Put your hands together. Beat Sonny. Charlie, you are welcome. Also, everything fine. Bless Christ. You are looking powerful. Oh, thank you. Oh, your haircut is very sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beat. So last week you were in the service, right? Last week was. Mega, mega. I was yeah. blessed. I was blessed. Wow. God bless our father, you know, wow. for always, you know, putting himself down to, you know, teach us 
No, we, you wouldn't get this message anywhere. Sure, but sure. That's why I always love it when I come to church. Like, I'm always wow. blessed wow. when I'm living here. God wow. bless you, Daddy. Wow. God bless wow. you. Wow. Okay, so I want you to share with us um, uh, a statement, okay? Or anything that bless you from last week's preaching. Okay, our father made a statement, okay? He said, a powerful believer is the one the devil is afraid of. Wow. You see, and who is a powerful believer? The Bible makes us understand in Ephesians chapter 6, 11, that we have to put on the whole armor mm, whole of God armor. so that, you know, we can withstand the schemes of the devil. Mm. You see, sometimes as Christians, when you get born again, you, you downplay on the power of the devil. You feel nothing can harm you. Nothing, nothing can touch you. But you see, but we go, we go forth and we still sin. And you wonder why. You, you, you ask yourself, what, what is the problem? You see, our father made us understand that the devil is cunning. You see, and he's, and he's an intelligent person. So you might feel like the guy is a fool. He's a foolish guy. But he's intelligent. He's cunning. You see, he made reference to Eve in the Garden of Eden. You see, Eve was someone who had one-on-one -on -one encounter with God. And for the devil to be able to convince this lady... Mm, it's a serious thing. It's, it's serious. You see, people feel like <laughs> it, is, it is so simple, like it's, it's normal. But you see, to be able to have that experience with God, one-on-one, -on -one, God talks to you, you hear it like, like you're hearing God's voice. And you can, you can respond to it. And the devil manages to convince you to go against this same person that you see, all-powerful God. No, the guy is not stupid. The guy is not, not stupid. As yeah. we think. Yeah, as we so think. We, we shouldn't stupid. downplay the devil. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. An angel that was sent from heaven to deliver a message to Daniel, the prince of Persia was able to resist him. It's a serious thing. So as a believer, you shouldn't downplay the devil at all. The man of God gave a scripture from um, 1 Peter 5 and 6 last week. He said that the devil is roaring like a lion, yeah. moving up and down, looking for whom he may devour. So if you're a believer and then you give him space, he will, he will not take you for granted no, no, at no, all. No. So um, this morning we are going to enjoy a massive teaching from our Father. Hallelujah. So with all humility, we want to be on our feet and receive the servant of God, Apostle David Edujenfi. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. You can keep clapping and take your seats in the presence of God. Wow. Daddy, please, you're welcome. So please, you, you make your notes, parts, and your Bibles ready. And enjoy the service. No distractions. Okay? No distractions. Don't allow anything to distract you in the service. Not even your mobile phone. Hallelujah. Daddy, please, we are glad to have you. I'm excited to be here too. Wow. You're looking very wonderful and very glorious this morning. <laughs> wow. So, Daddy, God bless you so much for uh, last week's preaching. Uh, you really opened our eyes to the schemes of the devil and um, the works of the enemy was exposed before us. You taught us that um, uh, the only language Satan understands is power 
and then you give us some characteristics of Satan. And um, this morning, I want to know if uh, there are other names of Satan that depict his works in this life. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I just want to welcome everybody to church. I'm really excited for this setup, honestly. And I believe uh, it will help us to really soak down whatever God has for us this morning. And since I became born again, this is the first time I've been in a church like this. It's amazing. On Sunday. <laughs> amazing. Like, yeah. Have you ever been in a church like this on Sunday? Not at all. And I thank God. Well, um, like you rightly yeah. asked, usually, you know, one thing we have to understand is that names actually stands for many things. The Bible says that the angel, the angel of the Lord came to Zachariah and told Zachariah about who, how they should call his son, John. Okay. And then Mary too was told about Jesus. Jesus. And he told Mary that because he shall be the savior of the world, so it means that the name is depicting purpose. Purpose, sure. And then also assignment. So when you call a name, the Bible says whatsoever Adam called the name. That was the name thereof. Okay. Whatever you call a thing, it responds with certain characteristics okay. and certain things. So, like you rightly said, I think it's very important we should understand certain names of Satan. Okay. Because it depicts um, certain activities and certain things that he does. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share a word and I plead the blood of Jesus upon every soul listening to me, both online and in person. I pray that your power will rest upon us. Jesus, thank you for gifting us with your presence. We are very grateful. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. The book of Revelation chapter 9, the verse number 11, talks about a particular name about Satan. And he calls that name Abaddon. Abaddon. And the word Abaddon, is a Hebrew word for a destroying angel. It means an angel of destruction. Mm. And when you read the book of Revelation, chapter 9, the verse number 11, he said, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue had this name Apollyon. So Apollyon is the same as what? Abaddon. Now, when you go to certain churches, I mean, you, you, you realize that they deal with angels and they mention some of these things and you think, I mean, when you get into a church that deals with angels, 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 <laughs> look, it's a deceptive church. The focus must be on Jesus, not an, on any angel. Okay. No matter who ever brought the message to Mary, look, at the end of the day, it shouldn't be the focus. Jesus had to be the focus. So any church you enter and they are telling you an angel is coming, an angel, and a certain pastor is an angel, know that you are in a certain place where mm. Satan is ruling. Mm. Mm. Straight up. Just understand this. You may be listening to me online. Um, you, are, you must know all this truth and this revelation. We are in the end time and we cannot continue being deceived. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We cannot continue being deceived and we must wake up. So the same name, Abaddon, is the same name, Apollyon. So Apollyon means destroyer. Now, when you read John chapter 10, the verse number 10, the Bible says something. It says that a thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, Jesus was talking about Satan. Jesus was talking about who? 
Satan. That he's a thief, one. And number two, when he comes, he has three agendas. One, to steal. Two, to kill. And three, to destroy. To destroy. So, the ultimate of the devil is to is destruction. So, you could see that the name Abaddon is actually uh, describing who he is. And the Bible talks about the fact that he's also an adversary. He's also an adversary. First Peter 5, 8 talks about the fact that Satan is also a what? An adversary. Which means an enemy. Straight up. So, one thing you have to understand about this, when you know this, then you should know that the devil is not happy about anything about you. He's not seeking your well-being. He's not seeking your success as a believer. Now, you need to understand that the enemy just wants you to fail. Now, your success is connected to the word of God. Now, when you fail, it means that the word didn't find expression in your life. And the word of God can only not find expression in your life if you don't allow it. The word is viable. Now, if you did agriculture, you will understand what we mean by a viable seed. When we talk about a viable seed, it means that the, a seed that has a, all the conditions suitable for what? Germination. So you may have a, a viable seed, but may not be able to have a, a suitable soil. So our heart may be the soil upon which the word may be planted. So the word of God is always viable. And our heart must be prepared to receive this viable seed for germination. Hallelujah. But Satan, the Bible says some of the seed fell by the roadside and a bird picked it up. Satan can also be depicted as a crow. And when the Bible begins to describe vulture and those things, it's talking about the works of Satan and demons. Demons depict vulture, crows and those things in the Bible. So, the Bible says a bird picked it up. It picked the seed up. What is the meaning? The, Satan, when a seed is picked up, it means that your future has been swallowed up. Because a seed is the hope of your future. A seed is the hope of what? Your future. You don't despise a seed. Now, your future is so big that God can only put it in a seed. So, a seed is a mystery of the future. Hallelujah. So, anything in your life, you see, your ability to discover that anything in your hand is actually a seed would help you with the wisdom of securing the future. Hallelujah. So the devil is always after a seed. So Jesus, the Bible said in the book of Genesis, he said the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. When God spoke that, it was wisdom speaking. It was wisdom speaking because what is the seed of the woman? The seed of the woman was Jesus. Shall bruise the head of the serpent. Rejoice, my little children, for I have overcome the world. Shall bruise the head of the serpent. What was he trying to say? The seed of the woman also means the church. God was actually telling Satan something is going to happen to you in the future. But Satan didn't have the revelation of the seed. So he didn't understand it. So the Bible said if they had known, they wouldn't have killed the God, the, 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 the God of glory. So because Satan lacks revelation of the future and the mystery of the seed, he touched Jesus. And the touching of Jesus was actually the crashing of the seed, the burial of the seed. And anytime a seed is buried, what happens? Gemnis. So that is a mystery. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Satan is also called the angel of the bottomless pit. He's also called the angel of the bottomless, the bottomless pit. Now there is this name of Satan that also depicts uh, a very strategic dimension of him. 
that we should not be ignorant about. The Bible calls Satan the angel of light. The angel of light. The Bible calls this, the devil the angel of light. First Corinthians 11, 4. Please push it there for me. So, now when we talk about the angel of light, what do we mean? It, it means that the devil can appear to you as an angel of light. When we talk about an, the devil presenting himself as an angel of light, it means that he can come as an angel of God. He can come with a message that will sound like God sent him. He can come friendly. He can come godly. He can come... No, that is, we have churches which are actually satanic. Wow. But preach from the Bible. So if you judge the authenticity of a church by the, the book they preach from, you'll make a mistake because don't forget, the Bible is a book that some people can use to chant. Don't forget. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the enemy can pose himself as an angel of light. He can present himself as somebody who is more friendly. So he can find himself around somebody who may be a destroyer sent into your life to destroy your life. But you may think that he's so friendly, he takes care of you, I mean, there for you. And if you're not very careful, you may mistake him to be a God-sent angel. So he said, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into what? An angel of light. So he has the ability to transform himself from an angel of darkness into an angel of what? Light. That is why you don't have to allow yourself to be deceived. And this is the, the reason why you should open yourself up for the Holy Spirit to fill you so much that you will be discerning. Because without a spirit of discernment, the discerning of spirits, there's a gift in the Holy Spirit called the discerning of spirit. Somebody may be laughing with you, but it takes the gift of the discerning of spirit to tell that the spirit by which the person is operating is not of, it's not of God. Other than that, you may embrace the person. Now, mind you, there are many great people who have been slain by agents of the devil. For example, Samson. Now, everything, I want to show you something. Everything around Samson was depicted to the fact that a destroyer was in his life. But let me tell you something. The Bible said, wisdom said, in the book of Proverbs, he said, I, wisdom, with me is discernment. With me is what? Discernment. Now, it is not easy, listen to me very careful, it is not easy to be a discerning person, to be a discerning person. When we say somebody is discerning, there is no, there is nothing like the gift of discernment. Don't forget. There is nothing like what? The gift of discernment. We have the gift of discerning of spirit. But we have the character or the fruit or an inward virtue of the Holy Ghost called discernment. Which is birth through fellowship in the word. And the Bible says that the word of God to you is your wisdom. And wisdom said with me is discernment. So to have the word of God in you is possession of what? Wisdom. To have the word of God in you is the possession of what? Wisdom. Now to have wisdom in you is to have what? Discernment. Now what does it mean to, for a person to be discerning? 
for a person to be sending means that the person has the ability or the capacity to be able to relate what is happening to truth and tell that it is true or not true one or what is happening really really align with what is supposed to be better still a discerning person can tell that whatever is happening around him or her is in line with wisdom hallelujah so you realize that everything that was happening around Samson Samson had a gift he was strong he was anointed but he was not discerning Samson was not discerning because all that was happening should have instructed Samson that distraction was at his door it should have instructed Samson that the distraction was what at his door because an angel of the devil had transformed himself into an what an angel of light in his life and was leading him toward distraction I pray that God will deliver you from such Amen. Satan is an expert in that and we don't have to take it for granted and don't conclude that uh, everybody is talking around you now listen to me very careful it is not even every Christian you have to relate with Wow yes man of God it is not every Christian you must fellowship with but the Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the gathering of the saint and he said how beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity so how, how is that possible now the Bible talks about the fact that brethren dwelling together in what unity when the Bible talks about unity it's not talking about homogeneity it's talking about heterogeneity our ability to tolerate each other's heterogeneity okay our differences ability to overcome so when i meet you when i'm with you my level of maturity should be able to make up for your your immaturity do you understand what is happening here so when we come together iron is coming to sharpen iron when we come together in fellowship we have come to be edified are you getting what i'm saying we have come to edify there are certain christians now we have three categories of people the bible talks about in the book of romans the bible talks about the natural man and the bible talks about the carnal man and the bible talks about the spiritual man the carnal man is a, is a born again man who is not spiritual now to be spiritual is to be spiritually minded is to be filled with the word it to be influenced by the holy spirit it to be under the influence of the holy ghost now any it's not every christian that have submitted himself and that is why today's service is more important that has submitted himself under the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible said in the book of John, chapter 1, the verse number 12, he said, to them that believe, he gave them the power to become what? Now, when you read a statement very careful, he talks about being, I mean, having the power, the attorney, the capacity to become the sons of God. Now, what is the capacity to become the sons of God? When a person becomes born again, what happens to the person is that there is something that happens to you called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When you become born again, the Holy Ghost dwells in you. And he dwells in you to give the capacity to be able to become one with the body of Jesus Christ. And that is when the baptism into the body happens. So the Bible says that we are one body. We are one body. Before you become part of the body, you must be filled, you must be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. There is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is for power. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is for character. And we must understand it. That is why when we are taking a decision, we must listen to the spirit that dwells in us, in, inside us. When you meet somebody, and why, why, why do you frown when you meet somebody who you don't, you don't like? 
It means that the spirit inside is instructing you. It's not, it's not really instructing you well. Hallelujah. If, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you can't frown. It can't happen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that joy, righteousness, and peace in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in you, these three things are seen. Joy, righteousness, and what? Peace. Hallelujah. So, we have certain Christians, when you, run, you get around them, you, you will never be sharpened because they are not iron enough. Mm. Because iron must sharpen iron. There are certain Christians, when you get around them, you, get, you enter into their room, the, next, the first thing you see is worldly music. They are playing worldly music. They don't really care about their spiritual life. They are so careless about their spiritual life. They are, the kind of friends that surround them has nothing spiritual about them. And look, it is very dangerous for you to be living such life around this time. Because the end is just here. And I don't know why you have to trap yourself in such environment. Why are you there? Why is that friend of yours not born again and you are comfortable? Why do you keep yourself in there? You must leave. They can laugh at you, but you have to leave. Because that iron of yours will never be sharpened. And the Bible said that bad company corrupts what? Good morals. Now, when we talk about morals, we are talking about developed virtues. It can be morals by culture or morals by the spirit. For it is he that works in us both to will and to do according to his good purpose. So the Holy Ghost has his morals imparting us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are, are you getting it? And last week, I made it clear to you that Satan is an individual. But he operates a network. It's like the Taliban. They, there's a leader of the Taliban. But they have a network. They can be a representative of the Taliban in Ghana and we may not know. We, you'll be surprised there are certain Americans who have gone to align themselves with the Taliban. You'll be very surprised. I mean, last four years, we had certain uh, citizens of the United Kingdom, I mean, aligning with the ISIS. And even African, Nigerians, and Ghanaian, and Ghanaian went to join the ISIS. And it was announced. So there's a network of people, I mean, that operates that uh, rebellious group. The same way Satan operates. He has a network that works for him. And don't forget, these rebels that operate in the world, there are nations that fuel them. Now, we have a claim that the Taliban is being fueled by the Pakistan right now. The same way, there will be an entity apart from network of spirits that will be operating. There will be also the network of human entities that works for Satan. And those human entities, yeah, we call them agents of the devil. And I told you that they are permanent agents of the devil and we have temporal agents of the devil. Of which, if you are not very careful, you can be a believer and Satan can borrow you as a vessel and use you against another believer. And you'll be very, very surprised. And actually, his success, his major success, is, is wrath when he uses the saints against the saints. It is very easy when it comes from that. It comes from that angle. Because when I raise the blood of Jesus against a demon, it will work. But when I raise the blood of Jesus, I cannot bind a believer. Are you aware of that? I cannot bind a believer. This same strategy is the same strategy the Taliban and the ISIS use. When you get into the environment, you realize that you cannot 
it's difficult to tell a civilian from a militia, a, a military person. Because they all dress the same way. So you can't tell. Are you getting it? So it's difficult to fight them. The same thing, when a believer is being used against a believer, it's difficult to deal with such a person. Because you can't bind him. You can't bind a believer. Are you aware of that? You can't bind. No. You, you'll be a witch to do that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You'll be a witch to do that. You can't bind him. You can't whatever. No, you can't do it. But you can help him. We can, you can pray for him. That the scales on his eyes will do what? Will fall off. Now, the advantage of the believer is that the, the, the demon is not in him. The demon may be around him. You can deal with a demon and then he will come alive. The believer wake up and realize, oh, why did I do that? And that is why you are convicted. That is why you can do something bad and you begin to feel a cut in your heart. And you feel like, oh, why did I do this? Oh, no, I shouldn't have done this. No, I shouldn't have done this. Why? Because there is a spirit within. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit within you. There is a spirit within called the Holy Ghost. That when you do what is not right, he feels so hurt. So he, there is that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Though there are influences from uh, demons around you. Why? Because you are playing worldly music. Because you have surrounded your, yourself with carnal people. Because you are around, your conversations are not edifying. You meet carnal people and you are talking about anything and you are also talking about it. You know all the songs about, uh, what is the name? Uh, all the stone boys and all the people that you can name about. The, you see, as a believer, anything that does not edify, when I talk about edification, I'm talking about your spirit getting strong. When your spirit gets strong, there is that called, the power in your spirit called the dunamis. The dunamis has power to influence your soul, to build a certain power in your soul called the kratos. Hallelujah. And the kratos is the power that, you see, you, 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 you draw from committing yourself to the word of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is power, the renewal of power. Do you understand? You know, I mean, if you did science, you should understand this, what I'm talking about. Energy renewal. <laughs> so the spirit's energy is being transformed into the realms of the soul. So that the soul can, so there's a, a transformer. <laughs> there's a transformer that is either upstepping or downstepping the power from the dunamis, making it usable by your soul. Now, when I take the Bible, Jesus said the words I speak, they are life and they are spirit. When I take the Bible and I'm reading the Bible, when I'm reading the Bible, whether I, whether I understand it or not, an impartation takes place. Ezekiel chapter 1, the verse number 3. I want you to follow something. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing an anointing come upon me as I'm teaching right now. He said, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel. Let's, let's start from the verse number 2. In fact, let's start from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1 and we would understand it clearly. Now, it came to pass in the 13th year, in the 4th month, in the 5th day of the month, as I was among the captives, by the river of Chiba, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. 
Then the verse number two says that in the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim's captivity, then the verse three said, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans, by the river of the Kiba, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. Verse number four says, and I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and a great cloud, and a, a fire. Can we just push, push it forward? Let's go to a verse, chapter 2, verse 2. Let me see what's there. Okay, I think this is what I'm looking for. He said what? And the spirit did what? Entered unto me, into me, when he spoke unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spoke unto me. The spirit entered me when he spoke. At that time, he had not yet heard. But when the spirit entered, it released an ability for him to be able to walk here. So what is happening here? When I read the Bible, when I spend time with the word, the spirit of the word, that's what, enters me. And when the spirit of the word enters me, that is the dunamis. That is the power of God. The Bible says that you shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now the Holy Spirit is always where the word of God is. The Holy Spirit is always where the word of God is. And whenever the Holy Spirit appears in the place, there is a dunamis present. So now, there is this thing called a transformation that takes place that makes the word usable by the soul. And that is when the soul, your brain or your mind, now begins to think in a certain pattern according to the word, and now you relate with a dimension of the spirit called wisdom. So now you walk according to the will of God, being instructed by the spirit of what? Wisdom. And then you are able to walk in the will of God. Hallelujah. Am I saying something very important? Yeah, very important. Wow. Wow. Are you still in the service? Are you enjoying yourselves? We are having a powerful time here. Hallelujah. God bless you so much, Daddy. I'm getting so blessed. And um, I have a series of questions to ask. And I believe there are questions that um, our viewers are also asking. Uh, at a point, you said that um, uh, if you are a believer, the devil can borrow you and use you. Yes. Um, you see, there are some activities. They are very obvious. If you are a believer and you kill, you commit suicide or you whatever. It is so obvious that the devil is using you. But you see, uh, yes, last week you spoke about the attribute of the devil. And one of, the, one of them is that the devil is subtle. So how will you know, if you're a believer, how will you know that the devil is using you when your activities are not so obvious that this is from the devil? Because you quoted a scripture that um, uh, the devil has presented himself as an angel of light. It means that there are some activities that will look as though it's from light, but it will be darkness. So how will you know as a believer that this thing I'm doing is the devil that is inciting me to do? Now, thank you very much. There is so many ways to really uh, know this. But I just want to talk about one thing. The finality of occurrences. Ask yourself. Because, look, whatever we do in this life as believers has only one thing in mind. The edification of the body. The edification of the body of Christ. So, whatever you are doing, 
if he doesn't edify the body of Christ, then you should know you are being used by the devil. As simple as that. So you ask yourself, the conclusion of the matter, what is going to happen? Is it going to edify? Is it going to edify? No. Can you, can you believe that your prayerlessness is actually the work of the devil? Wow. Now, look, one thing I want you to understand is that I have taught in this house and I've told you that the first focus of the kingdom of God is you. Now, when you go into prayer, the first thing God wants to do for you is to touch your life, is to impart the praying man's life. And then he can really reach out to whatever the praying man is praying for. Anything that you do, you see, you dream, you imagine that one does not edify your life, does not edify the next person, the second person, the third person, whatever, the fourth person, whoever, it's actually the work of Satan. To the extent that if you are a leader and probably uh, you travel, like I travel with you people, and maybe we get to, like sometimes I travel with you people and we wake up in the morning and as a leader, I should be able to instruct my, the people I'm with that let's have devotion. Let, let's do things that will bring edification. If I don't do it, I'm being used by the devil on our way. I'm being used by the devil on our way. Now, you see, one thing about the devil, I told you he comes to you as an angel of light. And this guy is a, is a very intelligent person and a very subtle person. Now, he went to Eve as a friend, but had only one thing in mind, to destroy him. So you should understand this, that if your quietness in the church is not contributing to the advancement, the, the growth of the church, then you should know that the devil has even borrowed you. Hey, wow. <laughs> if your activeness in the church, are you following something? If your activeness in the church is something that is causing a problem in the church, then you should know the devil has borrowed you. So, Pastor, what should I do? The Bible says that do all things as unto the Lord. Have a certain mindset that if I'm in the choir, I'm singing for the Lord. As I'm sitting here right now, this seat, I see Jesus sitting there. And as I'm speaking, I know he's listening to me. I can't lie to you. I shouldn't lie to you. Hallelujah. I see you as the people that he died for. He shed his blood for. And if he died for you, why should I, by my selfish interest, do anything for your attention to be on me? It should be on him. Hallelujah. So anything that you are doing that does not contribute to the edification of the body of Christ, you should know that you have been borrowed. Number two, understand that whatever you do by the motivation of your selfish interest, selfishness, it could be for your joy, or for whatever you're thinking about yourself that I may be happy that I may not be whatever then you should know that you are being used the enemy is operating you should always have the church the body of Christ the kingdom of God in mind in all your dealings and if you have this I'm telling you you will always walk in the will of God you'll be instructed that is when you will see the need to visit 
That's why you, you see the need for you to even be in church. Because you staying home, alone, you are being influenced by Satan and you are not aware. Because your presence here helps us to teach you, for you to be edified. Last week we understood that the only way for a believer to be delivered is to, be, is to deliver the word of God to the person. Because the entrance of the word brings light and illumination. And the entrance sucks darkness from a person's life. Is that not it? So, if you stay home, that means that you have decided to keep darkness in your life. And that is against the will of God. That's so great. If you are clapping, clap better. You can do it better. Wow. Daddy, I'm, I'm getting so blessed here. Sandy, do you have something to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, I have something to ask our father. You know, Daddy, you said uh, the more we go to the word, the more, you know, we get wisdom. And I, I wanted to ask, um, you see, sometimes as a maturing Christian, uh, you can wake up in the morning and, and honestly, you don't feel like reading your Bible or even listening to any message or not, like nothing of that sort. Is, is, is that a working of the devil or that is just probably because you've not been able to overcome certain weakness as a Christian or you've not been able to mature to a certain level, that's why you're still facing that weakness or you can attribute that to certain workings of the, the devil. All right, thank you. There are two things that plays a role in sex. You wake up in the morning and you don't feel like reading the Bible. Um, if, if we are talking about feeling like reading the Bible, whatever is causing, influ- I mean, is inducing the feeling must be, must be looked at. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Whatever is inducing the feeling must be looked at. But it could also be an act of immaturity. It is, you see, as a believer, you don't live by feeling. You live by faith. Okay. Any believer that builds his life on feeling is not matured. You are not grown. That is why you cannot just get up and say, I'm hurting the choir. I'm walking away. Wow. It's feeling. You should be able to sit down and look at it in the spectacle of the word and see how you can put it in the perspective of the word. Why are you walking from the choir? Is it a satanic arena? So why did you work, work out? Now, don't you know that you're working out is weakening the thing? What do you think is that? What work do you think is happening right now? That is satanic work now. But you think, you see, Satan can present himself as an angel of light and we must wake up to, to this reality. You cannot be angry and walk out of church. No. It's a feeling. You cannot wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel like. It must be by faith. And what is faith? It's coming by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. So what is the word of God saying about how you feel? This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Please, um, um, let's look at this. You were, to- you were talking about three dimensions of people. You said we now, have... Now, before you go, continue that, you know, uh, when you look at babies, you realize that a baby will never make sound or cry until he feels hungry feels in pain or uncomfortable or sleepy. So babies respond to feel, I mean feelings. Wow. But mature people do not, the Bible says in understanding, be man. Mm. So you must understand, why is this happening to me? Why am I not? You must understand what it means not to do your quiet time in the morning. Yeah. You must understand what it means. It means weakness. It means death. It means distraction. 
It means exposition to temptation. Do you understand it? So you should, in understanding, you have to be men. No, you don't do your quiet time to please pastor. Mm. No. That pastor meets me and he wants to know, have you done a quiet time? Yeah, 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 no, no, no. No, you don't do your quiet time. So please, pastor, you should understand this. Mm. All right, thank you. So you were asking well, something. Yeah. You were, you were explaining three dimensions of people. You said we have the natural man, the carnal man, and then the spiritual man. Yes. And we, as, a, as believers, we are expected to be very spiritual. But um, sometimes there is deception about spirituality. Yes, uh, among many believers. Uh, sometimes people tend to be spiritists. So um, I want to know how uh, you can develop a quality, balanced spiritual. Like when we say this one is spiritual, like as in from God's perspective, how do you build that spiritual life, that mm-hmm. pure spiritual life, so that you don't entertain familiar spirit and all that? Very important. I like the yeah. last statement, so that you don't entertain what? Familiar spirit. There are certain things we operate, certain things we do that we think that it is really the spirit of God, but it's not. Now, you see, to be spiritual, to be spiritual, it's not really uh, the matter. But to be Holy Spirit-led is the most important thing. Are you getting it? So when I, when I use the word spiritual in our context, I'm talking about being led by the Spirit. Now, it's as simple as being obedient to the Word of God. Being word failed. Hallelujah. Being word word failed. The words I speak to you, they are life and they are what? When you obey the word, you have to obey the spirit. When you obey the spirit, you have been led by the spirit. It's as simple as that. It is not in singing in a certain way. And it's not even in praying in tongues. No, you'll be very surprised. Wow. Because carnal people can also pray in tongues. No. <laughs> Look, somebody can, somebody, somebody can put his hand on a lady's breast and pray in tongues. Wow. Divine direction. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, praying in tongues becomes so necessary when you are spiritual. Okay. When you are spiritual, when you are obedient to the word of God, and you are praying in tongues, then you have a powerful operation in the spirit. Wow. Yes. Wow. So being spiritual is not just being worshipful. It's not just being slow in certain things or being sanctimonious in certain thing way, certain way, or speaking in a certain dimension. For example, we have people that try to speak in a certain way. Now to him, you know. The Lord revealed himself and I saw. That does not really make you spiritual. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When you meet a spiritual person, don't listen to how he speaks. Listen to what he says. Wow. Okay? When you hear what he says, you can tell when the person is spiritual or not. When I pick your phone, I can tell. Because when you're spiritual... It also, it's also expressed in your love life. What you love and what you don't love. It's reflective. Hallelujah. I'm really getting blessed. Yeah, sure. Eyes. So blessed. It's amazing. Daddy, before, before we, we go back to the, 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 our main topic, I want us to look at this. Um, you said there are some churches that operate by the spirit of Satan. Okay? In your, in your introduction, you made a statement like that. Now, 
if uh, as a new as a newborn believer who doesn't know his um, uh, who has not come to actualize self-actualization about who he is in Christ, no knowledge on discern, discerning of spirit, discernment and all that. How will you know if you are in a church that is operating by the spirit of God or the spirit of the devil? There are some things that are obvious. If you go and pay, they, they are sacrificing blood on the altar. You can easily tell that this is Satan. But when they are using the Bible, how will you know that there is God in this place or is, there is operation of the devil? Thank you very much. Now, this is why I don't believe in the fact that when you lead somebody to Christ, you tell the person you should go and look for a Bible-believing church to go. Now, when I give birth to a baby, when I give birth to a baby, or when I enter into the hospital, look, I can pick any baby born, okay, in the bed, put a baby on my lap, and put my breast in the baby's mouth, and the baby will begin to suck. True or false? Very true. Now, it will take a baby to grow to some point before it can identify that this is my mother's breast and this is not my mother's breast. So, when you are born again, you cannot tell. That is the need, the, the, the importance of a father in the Lord. When I got born again, I had people nurturing me. I had people nurturing me. I had a man of God who I introduced here, an apostle I introduced here, who took me through some weeks. He was the one that held my hand to Scripture Union. And from Scripture Union, I was being groomed and taught the Word of God. Until 97, I, I met Apostle. Before I met Apostle, I was pastored by uh, Pastor Tamaklo, who had, who had gone to be with the Lord just about two weeks ago. And may his soul rest in perfect peace. I was pastored by him, though I couldn't get so close. But why was I able to choose a good church? It's because I was trained. I found myself in a fellowship where Jesus was taught. And I was led there by Apostle Mike. When he was by Mike, when I got born again, I was led to Christ by a Methodist pastor and a Methodist evangelist. And uh, when I came home, I went to him because I saw him always going to scripture you know, every evening. So I went to him, talked to him that this is what has happened to me. And then he started grooming me, teaching me many things, showing me scriptures, teaching me how to do quiet time. And then first Sunday evening, took me to Scripture Union. We used to go for Scripture Union on Wednesday evenings and Sunday evening. And I never missed it. Because I learned how to pray from Scripture Union. I learned how to do my quiet time from Scripture Union. I learned how to read the Bible from Scripture Union, do Bible studies from Scripture Union, by the grace of God. So I was groomed from there. And then I had a father in the Lord who led me. So when you lead somebody to Christ, breastfeed the person. Teach the person to know the truth. Other than that, when you leave them, they may find anything at all for themselves. Yeah. Wow. God bless you so much. Can we clap our hands? This is KMC, the healthy church. You are still in the royal service. Hallelujah. And um, I'm getting so blessed. I don't know about you. Still on the topic, uh, resisting Satan. Daddy, I'm, I'm confused about um, something. And um, I believe many people also have that same issue concerning Satan having power, but not almighty, as you said last week. Um, when Jesus resurrected, he said, all power has been given unto me. All power. And then um, in um, Colossians 2.16, he said, 
Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Can you project that scripture for me? No, no, that's not what I'm looking for. He said that he spoiled all principalities and then made a public show of the devil triumphing over, over him. And the Bible is also saying in um, Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and power, but against principalities. But the Bible is saying that he, he spoiled all principalities. And now he said the keys of hell and of death, they are in his hands. So the power with which Satan is operating, with, where, where, where does it come from? If Jesus defeated him, where is that power coming from? And why are we still wrestling with principalities and powers whilst all the power has been given unto us? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, when, now, the fact that the Bible is talking about he defeating Satan means that there was a contention. There was a contest. Now, for, before somebody will come into a contest, it means that he has some capacities and capabilities. So, uh, that that, that notwithstanding, you should, you should, I mean, we should understand that Satan is not void of power. Just that it's not a match with Jesus' power. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say? So, he had been defeated. That means that a statement has been made that what you carry is little. But he's not powerless like we think. He has something that you preach with. And you see, the, when it comes to boot for boot with Satan, we as human by ourselves, we are not a match. That's the truth. We are only a match because we have Christ in us. The Bible says, Rejoice, my little children, for I have overcome the world. The same book of John says that greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. So he that is in us is what has made us overcomers even more than the conqueror. Now, when the Bible talks about we being more than a conqueror, it means that we didn't conquer, but we have the, 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 the pride. It's like we placed Jesus in the boxing ring. He defeated Satan, took the title deed, or took the, back, the belt, and when he turned, he gave it to us. And when the referee turned to know who is holding the, the belt, he saw us. Though we didn't fight, but we have the belt. So we are more than the conqueror. He had conquered, but he's not holding the belt. We have it. Hallelujah. And this is why Satan is afraid of you. And this is the reason why we have to be very, very, I mean, alert about the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, 12 that you, you spoke about. The Bible said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, when you read the scripture, it should explain something to you. Apart from the categories of uh, powers that we are dealing with, you should also understand that there are diversities of operations of Satan that we are also handling. The devil can come to you as a ruler. The devil can operate as a principality. Now, when we talk about principality, we can, we, you should remember the word principal. Than the head of a certain affairs. 
So we may have a principality that will rule in the economic region. We may have a principality that will rule in the agricultural region. We may have a principality that will rule in the financial region. We may have a so you should understand that apart from that, we have geographical principalities. Hallelujah. And the Bible said in the book of Daniel that and the prince of Persia, the prince of Persia, talking about the principality that rules in the geographical location, the Persia geographical location. He said he prevented me. He resisted me. He resisted me. So this should let you be aware that we also have spiritual wickedness. Now when we talk about spiritual wickedness that operates in where? High places. That should let you understand. When you look at this, I want to show you something. When you look at this, um, Ephesians chapter 12, the highest power was mentioned less. I mean last. The highest power was mentioned where? Last. But many people teach it that the highest power was mentioned first. No. The highest power, spiritual wickedness in high places is a higher power. And then we come to rulers of what? Darkness. The free miseries. The occultic powers. Then we come to principalities. Regional authorities. And then we come to what? Uh, so we have principalities. We have powers. So we come to powers. Then we go to what? Principalities. That is the range. Hallelujah. Do, 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 you, get, do you get it? So and you should understand that uh, these are not flesh and blood that we are dealing with. What the Bible is trying to tell us is that it is not your fellow human being should not be your target. He's not your enemy. You are not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But you know the devil works in us for us to see each other as enemies. And that is the work of Satan. So if you are filled with the word and you know that this, if you, know that if you are full of this word and you know that the word of God says that flesh and blood is not our target, why would you fight your brother? Why would you rise up against your brother? You will realize that any confrontation from a brother on you calls for prayer from you for that brother. You should know that he's under a certain influence. Yeah, at that point in time, what has he become now? What has that brother become now? He has become an agent of Satan. He has been packaged by Satan against you. So what do you do? Look at Jesus. Jesus was with we was with his disciples. And he asked them, who do men say that I am? And then they were answering. Some say you are Elijah, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you are Jesus. And then he asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And the Bible said that. Peter said, you are the son of God. And then Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you. That means that it has been revealed unto you by my father which is in heaven. I mean, that was enough for Satan to make Peter a target. That, wow, this guy had already started communicating with the heavens. If this guy had already started communicating with the heavens, that means that he's going to receive a lot of revelation from heaven. And that is what happens in the church. People that are positive, people that are pillars in the church, Satan is always attacking. Satan is always attacking. He says, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will do what? Will scatter. 
he can attack a person who is a pillar in the church by accusation by backbiting by blackmailing by anything and rain your heart and cause you to become some way and not become effective in the hand of the lord mm. so that same scripture when you read down jesus now started telling the disciples i'm going to die his purpose is to die to save the world and he was telling the people that i'm with you now and in in a short while you don't see me again and then this same peter rose up and the bible said that he held peter i mean he held jesus he held jesus and pulled jesus aside hmm. peter hmm. held jesus pulled jesus aside and rebuked jesus wow. can you imagine peter rebuking jesus what do you think was that jesus is talking about his assignment and peter was rebuking don't talk about that don't say you're going to die repeat that message again don't preach that message don't don't tell us that like sometimes we can be in a church you preach a message and people are like no this message i'm the reason why pastor is saying this <laughs> pastor you better stop what you are saying <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord Peter pulled jesus and rebuked jesus and you know what jesus said the bible said that jesus said you devil go away from me and then he said, he told Peter, he called Peter's devil. So who was he addressing? Was it Peter? No, Satan. And he said, you don't have the mind of the things of God. He said, the things of God are not in your mind. Jesus was now telling Peter why he called him devil. He said, because at this time, the, the things that are in your mind, are not the purpose of God. They are not the things of God. They are not the will of God. And as long as you don't, you don't align with the will of God, then another spirit is at work. Mm, mm, then he said, you Satan, get it behind me. Mm, mm, and he rebuked this same Peter. He said, he commended and said, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you by my father. So, can Satan make use of a believer? Hush. Daddy, this is this is you know it's it's amazing. You know? <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> you know, but daddy, you see, when you look at this scripture, I think the one we were talking about principalities and all that, you, you get scared, like hey, Charlie, then the devil is wild though. Is he because so does that mean like as a believer, I believe that even though the devil has all these, you know, attributes and characteristics and all that. I believe we still have power over we him. We still have power. I believe we still do. But I'm wondering how Peter was able, because in the presence of Jesus, having encounter with Jesus and all that, manage, that animal was able to, you know, manage himself to influence Peter. Yeah. That is, that is serious. Mm -hmm. So that means that even, it means the battle is not easy. So what do we do? Like, is 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 mind you know blowing? Because for Peter to be able to, you know, allow the devil to use him, I don't know if he allowed or the devil. Okay, let's look at the scripture in Luke twenty-two three. Luke twenty-two three, and Elder Mike, I would like you to read that scripture. I mean, it's on it's on screen. 
He said, then, then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Okay, so we are going to start from the verse one. Then now you will know where Judas was and what was happening and how come Satan had that access. You understand what I'm trying to say? All right, so I would like us to read it from ESV. So please switch it to the ESV and let's start from the verse one. Uh-huh. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. Mm-hmm. And the chief priest so and the like, scribes. If it's now, it's like Easter. Easter, yeah. Easter service. Mm. Do you understand it? Yeah. Easter convention. <laughs> All right. And the chief priest and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death. Uh-huh. For, the, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, mm-hmm. called Iscariot, mm-hmm. who was the number of the twelve. Uh-huh. He went away and conferred with the chief priest mm-hmm. and officers how he might betray him to them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, I'm, I'm going to show you another scripture. Why did Satan take advantage of Judas? That is something that you have, must look at. I'll come back to your worry. Why did Satan take advantage of Judas? The Bible talks about the fact that a woman, Mary Magdalene, took an alabaster box, broke it at the feet of Jesus, and then was anointing the feet of Jesus. And while she was anointing the feet of Jesus, Judas came up and said, we can sell this and take care of. Immediately, Satan was able to discover that the love of money was in the heart of Judas. Now listen to me. I made it clear to you that Satan is not omniscient. Satan does not know what you have not spoken about. Satan does not know. Say it. Satan does not know what I've not what I've spoken about. Satan does not know what I've not spoken about. What I have not spoken about, let's put it that way. Satan does not know what I have not spoken about. Satan does not know what I have not spoken about. So don't be afraid. The devil always operates on the frequency of fear. And then never think that the devil knows all things about you. It's not true. He doesn't know all things about you. Now, when you read a book, listen to me very careful. When you read a book, he doesn't even know how you have understood it. Except when you accept what he interprets it to you. Satan only knows what he has communicated to you. And presume that you are working by that. But does not know if you have even rejected it. Except you speak it forth. So when he went to Eve, he said, had God said. Because he wanted to know what is there. He asked Eve, had God said. When he went to Jesus, he said, if you are. Because he wanted to know if Jesus knows something in his head. So Satan does not know what is in there. Wow. Glory. He doesn't know everything. Now, when Judas spoke, he got to know what was in Judas' heart. So when it was time to attack Jesus, now he had to enter into Judas. Why was he able to enter into Judas? He was able to enter into Judas because at that time, the Holy Spirit was not in Judas. Sure. Jesus had not yet died and the Holy Ghost had not yet come. And the Holy Spirit was not yet into Judas. And these things normally happen. Now that the Holy Spirit has come, how come that Satan is able to use certain people? Satan can use 
pastors against their senior pastor, leaders against their senior pastor, can use church members against their pastor. How come he's able to? He influences them to do that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He influences them to do that. So that must be understood. Now, I want to make this thing clear from Ephesians chapter 6, the verse number 12 that you are talking about. Now, Satan has a structure. I told you that he has a network that he operates with. He cannot be present in Africa and be present in where? In America or Europe. So he has a set of operation that works in Europe. And he has a set of operation that works in Africa. Now, he also considered our passion, our likes, by reason of the operation of familiar spirits. Satan can assign a familiar spirit around you for the familiar spirit to know what you like, the kind of food you like, the kind of woman you like, the kind of uh, person you dislike, and then he will send a class, a group of, or a network of demons, powers, and even borrow human vessels into his network of operation and send them to that territory. Do, 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 do you get it? Send them to that territory. And that is why, geographically, we don't think alike. Because there are spirits that are operating. We don't think alike. We are able to, th to think alike when we become born again. Because it is by one spirit you have been begotten. That's so powerful. So we have the spirit of poverty operating so much in Africa. And you get to Europe, the spirit of pride is there. And they've come to a point where they don't even believe that there is God. You, you, you see what is happening right now. Yes. And now look at what is happening in our circles right now. Wow. Daddy, so um, this reminds me of a book I read, um, When God Walked the Earth. Okay. When you were talking about the fact that um, Satan was able to enter into Judas because the Holy Spirit was not shed forth. But in our times, the, whole, uh, the devil influences believers. When, in the book, when Satan was tempting Jesus, trying to make him fall, uh, there were demons, okay? There were a lot of demons who were making noise. They were, they were making a lot of noise. And it was noise of anger, kind of anger and frustration. And then um, Satan, Satan was teaching Jesus why the demons were making noise. And he said they are making noise because... Um, in the demonic world, eh, our food is when a believer takes a decision to satisfy his selfish interest or his selfish gain. Anytime you take a decision that, I mean, favors your flesh, that makes you feel very comfortable. The demons that have been assigned by the devil around you get stronger. And the, the farther or the far they take you from God. So um, it means that um, for us to be at a safer place, we have to always take decisions that is in line with the will of God and then the word of God. Why would Judas say that if we sell this, we have money? He was thinking about himself because no risk. No. It's can't be good more already. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. He was stealing the money and he needed more in the treasury. Sure. So, because when he steal it, it will finish. No, at the end of the day, what cost Judas? It was money. It was a love of money. Why did he betray Jesus? He sold Jesus for money. It was a love of money. You see, you should be very, very careful, and like you are saying, about things that satisfy you, 
Okay, if you want to walk in the will of God, you must really make the kingdom of God your focus. Even when it comes to renting a place to stay, you should be, you should be concerned about the will of God, about the accommodation. People think about, like, people think about how close it is to their workplace more than how convenient it will be to promote their spiritual life. That should be your focus. The conveniency for the promotion of your spiritual life, that should be your focus. Amen. When you are making a choice of courses in school, you should be particular about the place of the Lord. You don't just get up and do things. No. No. Listen, we, are not, we have not been brought together just because we wanted to be at KMC. No. He has a plan. So you, just, you can't just get up and say, I'm tired and I'm going. And No, you can't just say that. Why are you doing that? Because someone is saying this about me? Because someone is saying, no. <laughs> you, can't, you can't think about you. I was telling my wife that if there is anybody who should have run away from this church, I should have been the first person. Everybody here had hurt me before. Almost everybody had hurt me before. But I'm still here. <laughs> you are going away because only one person hurt you in the church and you want to leave. Wrong. <laughs> no, do, you, do you understand what, what, what's happening here? <laughs> and let me say, when sometime because because church, we can come to church and it's like everybody is careful of each other. <laughs> Jesus said that a kingdom that divided cannot what stand. Wow. Now, one of the things I want you to understand is that this is how the devil builds his wisdom. Satanic wisdom is built sometimes by his studying what God has said. Wow. Now, when he, if Jesus says that a kingdom that is divided among himself cannot stand, Satan would definitely take that position and cause a division. I say he's not omniscient. So sometimes he's able to take strategies from the things, prophecy. Okay? He's able to take, if there's a prophecy that you need to pray eight hours a day for four months and that this, you will break into you the dimension of your ministry, another dimension of your ministry. What Satan, the strategy Satan will adapt against you is prayerlessness. Because the knowledge he has is that you will only be successful by prayer. So he loves to visit prophetic meetings to know what has been said or to turn you into a talkative to say what has been said as God said. Let's clap our hands. Wow. <laughs> Daddy, as for this topic there, I have plenty of questions. I can say it twice. Yeah. Because that you can see me here, I say, who receive prophecy? He said, let's say you are supposed to pray for eight hours. Uh, the devil will try to make sure you don't pray. But I believe that anytime God gives you a word, it means grace has been released to fulfill that word. So what is the place? What's the place of the grace of God in your will and then in the, the will of the devil or the plan of the devil towards the fulfillment of what God has said? Because once grace has been released, I believe it should be very easy for you to do. So how come still you may not be able to do it? Then we have to understand what grace release. Okay. You have to understand what grace release. Now, 
when we talk about grace, it could be opportunity. God can send us grace by opportunities. The Bible says that it could also be by knowledge. Okay? It could also be by the presence of a person in your life. Somebody can come in your life and it's a grace. The Bible says that. John chapter 1, the verse number 14. Let's look at what's there. And the word was made flesh, and we beheld, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of. So, and the Bible says that when Jesus came, grace came, the verse number 15, 16, and of his fullness have we all received. And grace for what? For grace. 17 says what? For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by what? So the person of Jesus appeared and grace was, was present. So certain personalities in our life can be a grace personified. Hallelujah. There are certain people that can be in your life and they will reign your life. And there are certain people that can be in your life and they will promote your life. So when you talk about grace, you are talking about many things. So when the word of God comes to you, you receive grace. God can give you whatever. <laughs> For example, and the heavens were opened and the voice of the Lord spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible says that afterwards, the Spirit led Jesus Christ to the wilderness. And when he was led to wait on the Lord, what happened? He was also tempted by the devil. See, when Jesus was fasting, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan was present. But you see, one of the things, what I want you to understand is that, like, I wanted to pick it from where you asked, about the system that Satan has put in place. It's a network. Principality, powers, spiritual weakness in high places, and rulers of darkness. These are things that helps his work, okay, to find expression among humanity. But what I want you to understand is that the devil is ruling on the earth, but he's not the possessor of the universe. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm so excited about that statement. There is a higher power. A higher power. That encapsulates him. Mm, mm. Do you understand? And you see, God is not so bothered for instance on earth here. Do you know why? Because he has made all powers available unto us. If there is anybody who must be pitied on earth, it's Satan, not us. But the problem with us is that, one, we don't know what we carry. And we don't know how to deal with him. And that is why this meeting is very much important. Actually, we've not even touched on how to resist him. Wow. We've not even touched it. We've just been touching on certain things right now. We've not even touched it. And probably, maybe we'll do that next week. You are not an ordinary person. Ordinary. Ordinary. Now, you are somebody that when the devil is coming around, he's careful. Mm. Wow. He wants to be careful and he wants to be he wants to be careful if you don't know or if you know who you are. 
So he doesn't come painted black. When the devil is coming to you, he comes as an angel of light. He comes with deception. The verse number 13 of Ephesians 6. Or better say verse number 12. Let's be on verse 12. For we rest not against flesh and blood, blah, 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 blah. Okay, verse number, verse number 10. Now look at this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the law and in the power of his might. Verse 11 says that. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the whales of who? Of the devil. The whales. When you read that verse, he said the fiery darts. The word whales means that strategic deceptions. <laughs> Intelligent deceptions. It is not... Now, the devil dare not touch you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he dare not do what? Touch you. He can't do that. If he tries and you activate some... Eight, the verse number two. If you activate it, it's in trouble. What is there? Out of the mouth of babies and infants, he had established what? Strength. Because of what? The fool, the enemy. To steal the enemy and the avenger. Give me in King James. He said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has ordained what? Strength. Because of the enemy. And that and that thou might steal the enemy and the avenger. When you read the other verse in the NIV, he said that in the mouth of babies and suckling out of this way, that you may silence the accuser. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when he's coming, one of the things that Satan is careful about is what you know. Are you aware of that? That is why he asks Eve, what has he said? What do you know? Are you aware of your personality? Who you are in him in Christ so when you come to James you know the book of James verse 4 the chapter 4 the verse number 7 there's a first statement and that is where next week we'll start from there's a first statement he says submit yourself to what God the only time Satan can attack you is when you are not your submission is not unto God if your submission is unto anything apart from God, Satan can easily attack you. So the very first step or the very first stage that gives you authority to be able to resist Satan is submission unto God. Glory. When you submit unto God, you submit to his wisdom. When you submit unto God, you submit to his leaders. When you submit unto God, you submit to truth. When you submit unto God, you submit to his power. When you submit unto God, you submit to his person. So when Satan appears and it calls for power, you release power. When it calls for wisdom, you activate wisdom. If it's about his person, you activate his person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So don't be afraid. 
principalities are not greater than you. Spiritual wickedness are not greater than you. Powers and rulers of darkness, they are not greater than you. So like Elder Mike said, it is wild. It is wild for him, but it's not wild for us. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in us. As long as it's in this world, there is something greater. There is something greater. I'm telling you the truth. The Bible said that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Then he said, any tongue that rises against you, you have the power to command. You have the power. I have the power. Look, what we have to be knowledgeable is the rules of engagement. That's, That's what we have to be knowledgeable about. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shalom. The devil is alive. God is faithful. Now you should understand this. That if from Satan is lies. Anything that's not of God is not true. Get it straight. This is how you are supposed to grow. This is how you are supposed to come up in the Lord. Don't just be knowledgeable of scriptures. Next week when I begin to teach you about the, 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 the shield of faith. Resisting the devil by faith. Then you will understand the importance of scriptures. The knowledge of scriptures. Hallelujah. The Bible says that by that, many were able to quench fire and shut the mouth of lions. It means that faith has the power to resist the operation of Satan. It's a defensive force. It's also an offensive one. Hallelujah. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Satan is not greater than Jesus. If you understand what we taught, you pray boldly the Spirit. Pray boldly the Holy Ghost. Just pray boldly the Holy Ghost. You must learn to exalt Jesus all the way. And always, in your heart, in your mind, in your life. Oh, Rabba, 
Come on, lift your voice. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wanted to worship Him. Just worship the Lord Jesus. Worship Him above the enemy. Worship Him above Satan. We worship the We exalt Your name, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus. Jesus, oh, we magnify your name. We bow, we bow, we bow, we bow, we bow before your presence. Then we exalt your name, Lord. We magnify your name, Lord. Holy are your Lord. Holy are your Lord. Holy are your Lord. Holy are your Lord. Holy are your
Lord Jesus. I want you to exalt Jesus above Satan.
We never came here to exalt Satan. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the one that died on the cross and made a public show of Satan. Demons, powers of darkness. Thank you for victory. Thank you that there is none mightier than you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just wanted to exalt him above everybody. You may not understand why I'm asking you to do this. for listening if you enjoyed the podcast you can subscribe you can share with your friends take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at kmc worldwide for more information visit kmcworldwide.org thanks again for listening god bless you